I'm Helen Marshall, and this is the Diary of a CLO. I hope no one's listening, but if you are, definitely share it. You may know Lauren Waldman as the Learning Pirate. She's pushing the industry in the right direction to help us focus on how people learn before we consider what they should be learning. Lauren debunks myths left, right and centre and puts the focus back on research and translating science into action. She's qualified in multiple areas with foundations or certificates in a range of subjects, mostly centred on neuroscience and learning, so she's an all-round learning guru. In this episode, we discuss all of that, but also consider how we can all contribute to pushing the L&D industry in the right direction. Enjoy. Okay, Lauren, we're going to get straight into the juicy stuff about Sokene. <laughs> I love the juicy stuff, yes! <laughs> um, people know you as the learning pirate, and I'll let you explain a little bit more about what that is in just a moment. But first of all, I just wanted to say you have such an exceptional academic record. You're highly qualified in multiple areas with foundations or certificates in neuroscience, medical neuroscience, neuroimaging, learning design, and adult education and training. Yeah. Amazing. How do you bring all that together in, in what you do and why do you call yourself a learning pirate? Well, the the neuroscience is, you know, when I when it sort of knocked on, on my brain and came to me, it was really that integration of I wanted to be a better learning designer. I was an instructional designer um, and I was like, I want to know how the brain works so I can be way better at, at designing learning. And so that's kind of when the the journey into my own personal studies started and then all those credentials that you just listed off, which is an ever-growing list because I am such a nerd. <laughs> um, you know, I just kept going and kept going. Um, a lot of people who, who know me know that it was a partially professional endeavor and a personal one because of my, my grandmother who was alive at the time. Um, she was 98 when she passed four years ago, but when she was alive and she started to decline uh, with Alzheimer's, I just really wanted to connect with her. And I wanted to know, was there a way that I could trigger memories or or use music or stimulate her in some way that when she went to these places um, that really, you know, it was her own little land, like, could I either follow or could I bring her back? And through medical neuroscience, I was able to to learn those things and have really those moments that I think we all wish that we could have with our loved ones when when those are happening when you know those things are happening so that's like there's the professional side and there there's the personal side and then then there's the pirate <laughs> and uh I mean Helen you you know I'm a, you know I I didn't didn't come into the to the industry in this way not to shake things up and change things and you know there's nothing nothing better than naming your company Learning Pirate just to give you that little bit of authority to say, look out, <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> We're going to do something different, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, you definitely you definitely have that edge, I think, that makes people kind of listen up and, and pay attention, which is definitely yeah. what you need in the industry at the moment. And yeah. one of the things that, that I know that you and I both grapple with probably on a daily basis is the fact that so much rubbish gets bandied about in the industry with I suppose not even a nod to um, either academic qualifications or the source of material that these so-called experts are um, referring um, to. And yeah. I suppose this makes it even more important to, to call out bullshit when you see it. And I know oh. I joined recently a, a webinar that you that you ran or a session, I wouldn't call it a webinar, a session that you ran 
in a really informal way just to kind of call out some of those things that you'd seen in the industry and actually what happened as a result of that was so many people coming together to be like oh what's this all about and I know that wasn't really you didn't really expect that to happen did you no that was um and and there's going to be a second a second session to that one so that was completely impromptu and what sparked that was it was in response to a article that was written by one of the industry's largest publications um and i'll i'll be revealing all of that later uh and it was abominable this the science written in this article was it was incorrect it was absolutely broad stroked and science deserves better it deserves much better but also us in the industry deserve better because people are going to read that and they are going to take it for face value because of who the person was that wrote it and the the association that was behind it and if nobody is calling it out then we're going to continue using this false information perpetuating myth and we it's just absolutely wrong and then on the side of the scientists i mean they're pissed off too <laughs> This is their livelihood, you know, this is their livelihoods and this is their life's work. And, you know, I've, I've quoted uh, in, in the webinar that we were in, and I think you might have heard it, but there was a, a very well-renowned scientist and researcher who literally said to me, Lauren, can you tell them to stop bastardizing our work? And that's how they feel. So, yeah, that event was um, was out of, you know, obviously you can hear the passion and the spark of my little bit of irritation. But yeah, we had we got a couple of hundred people sign up for that event. But what was more surprising was that I think the the replay now is up to a, about three hundred and fifty people have watched a replay. <laughs> I never watched a replays, so <laughs> that to me showed showed me that. And the people who did show up, like yourself, were they're ready to to see these things called out, but. I think there's still a lot of fear because when you work for an organization and you're an employee, it can be very scary to want to voice these things. Uh, yeah, and and also there's there's the element of fear from I think re, reper, repercussions in the industry of what calling out those things might do to your career externally as well as internally within within a business that can be quite tricky to to balance. Yeah, I've, I. To, I don't care about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, I think I think you know to be. I mean, I only speak frankly and transparently. But when it's truth and when it's factual and when it's backed up, and it's done in a respectful way that says, "I am not here on a witch hunt and I am not here to attack. I am here to expose truth so that we can all be better because of it." And it's that kind of positive change, I think, that's really needed in, in the industry to challenge in a positive way. Can you tell me a little bit about what you're doing to to do that, to, posit- to positively challenge? I think it's things like that. I mean, last, I think it was last year or the year before, um, like you heard on that webinar, you know, we, we saw the same stuff happening uh, on LinkedIn Learning. And I think what people need to understand is to to have something brought to my attention from somebody who says hey have you seen this course or have you seen this article and like is you know can you talk to me about the science and for us to look at it and go oh wow that's really horrible but then it's it takes us days sometimes weeks to go through all of it and to find the validated research to back up you know to back it up to give the citations um it's an incredible amount of work and we did that with linkedin learning on some of their their courses that had really bad science in them and we just rallied and we were able to cause such a stink 
that they took down. They didn't take down that whole course, but they they removed the module. Now I didn't go through the whole thing. My suspicion is that there was it was probably littered um, with inaccurate science. But I think that's what we do: is that there's got to be voices who, like myself, who I'm a solopreneur. I have my own business. I I can't be fired, <laughs> except by myself. Um, so it it's just taking that step to advocate on behalf of of learning, on behalf of science, and and just like I said to to really say it's okay to voice these things because if we don't voice these things, we're going to continue seeing things like the clickbait of learning styles and the clickbait of, you know, all of these wonderful things that, you know, L&D likes to trend on that really don't hold much significance. Yeah. Whenever I see learning styles now, I know exactly it is just clickbait. clickbait. People trying to get likes and comments on, on mainly on LinkedIn, essentially. But the thing that's worrying me about that is... Um, I don't know whether you've noticed the the collaborative AI generated articles that LinkedIn mm-hmm. is now promoting to people that that end up um, ab- absorbing some of that nonsense. So there was there was one recently on learning styles, mm-hmm. um, and I am very worried about well, if we're not training AI to recognise where the, those falsehoods come from and to eradicate them, they're just going to be perpetuated. Is that are you worried about that, or that, you know how do you how do you think we should tackle it? Absolutely. I mean, you know, the but I think, again, like everyone loves a good trend and, you know, AI has its place. um, But when people aren't doing their due diligence and they don't have the knowledge to to understand, is this accurate? Is this inaccurate? I think there's currently a stat going around that that's being reported that the the new one chat GVT is usually about 40 percent of the time it's inaccurate. And so who's doing the the diligence? And, um, and, you know, is this right? How do I use this? I saw an example and it's, it's a shame because the people who are, who are plugging this, they're influencers. And we're looking at like hundreds of thousands of people who are following them. And I saw one, you know, I think this might've been an Instagram post that I, I don't remember who it was by, but it was like, use this to design your learning courses and tell chat GBT to use interleaving and space repetition. I'm like, good Lord. <laughs> I'm like, I wonder if chat GBT understands that there's time intervals that are, you know, that, that these things need to be used in because there's a scientific efficacy that needs to be taken into consideration when it comes to knowledge of the brain and knowledge of method and knowledge of strategy. And I don't have the time or the energy to to test it, you know, to do it myself and be like, okay, design me a whole course based on all these scientific things. So I guaranteed you it would also be partially, if not, you know, a lot more than partially inaccurate. Yeah. But then I suppose there's the argument to say, well, if you invest that time in in training it, then maybe it will create better things at the end of the day. But yeah, it's it's that it's it's a balance. And how do you train something? effectively and and how long will it take and nobody really knows the answers to those things at the moment no not yet um and you meant you mentioned a a minute ago about um being a solopreneur how and i struggled to say that word out loud so hopefully (laughs) i didn't mess it up um how how, that must be quite challenging at the moment given the you know current climate the challenge with um well that we're seeing internally within businesses with lnd departments specifically getting cut back uh, and cost saving happening left right and center is it a cha- how are you how are you doing is it an, is it a challenge for you immensely immensely um and you know this is something that we were talking about beforehand it's a, it's a conversation i've had with other solopreneurs is that 
you know, and it kind of weaves into our conversation is you see one thing on social media. Everyone says, oh, it's Lauren. I love learning pirate. She's everywhere. Everything's great. I'm like, actually, <laughs> you know, when the economy, you know, I'm I'm not sheltered by when things go wrong in economies um, or, you know, when business, you know, when, when companies do get restructures or those layoffs happen and programs get cut and who's delivering the programs? Well, I am. So it can be quite devastating, but it's also it's to run a company on your own and to do the exceptional amount. And we're, we're talking about like not only the day to day, but as a scientist, like I'm, I'm very responsible for maintaining my my research and my academic knowledge and and all of that. And it's, you know, I think what people don't see is that that takes exceptional amounts of time. But then you're also running the marketing, the sales you're the janitor for God's sakes. <laughs> you're, you're everything at the end of the day. Um, and it is Im- immensely challenging. And I think most solopreneurs will will sort of um, relate is that we have very cyclical moments in business where because it's just us, we are focused very highly on certain projects or certain things. And then you're always, you know, not always, but a lot of the time you're playing catch up. So it's, um, you know, but when I think about going back, with like the the few times that I thought, oh, maybe I should go back and and you know remain, re, you know, go back into a position as a CLO again or just a, a head lead designer or whatever, um, I just know that I could never do the work that I'm doing internally, like what I'm doing right now, and have the impact on the amount of people that I'm having right now. So that's the that's the lift up when you get. Uh, I got in. I got two amazing emails the other day, and one was from uh, a gentleman who's in the UK actually. And he had taken the first uh, the first uh, chapters of joining forces with your brain, and he loved it. But then he says, "Well, we've now been starting to train um, kids in soccer leagues here in the UK." And I was like, "That is fantastic!" And then another gentleman who I don't know where he was in the world, he made a comment in in the in the series, and he says, "My eight year old daughter busted in as I was <laughs> as I was watching and." she saw the brain and she saw what it could do and she was mesmerized and curious and i was like this is why i'm doing this this is why i'm too i'm like ah oh, chills right now i just i love it so you know you can be you can be rich and happy and you can be poor and happy <laughs> like you know it's it's a massive satisfaction of the work but the the endless amounts of hours that go into to producing something as big as what, what I'm doing right now and with the you know with my board of advisors who are fantastic um yeah it's it's the struggle's real so don't you know yes I'm good guys I'm all good I'm still you know I'm always going to do it gracefully with a smile on my face but you know I'm not I'm not always going to put up those videos on LinkedIn where I'm like bawling my face off <laughs> it's been really hard <laughs> But it's it's good to like have to to recognise that, and it's in the same way that people need to recognise that they need to fact check content. Yeah, to be aware that there's a person behind the posts that you're seeing on LinkedIn, and mm-hmm. there's a reason why uh, or wherever people are posting. Um, and you know, it's not it's not going to be the full story, and you know, mm-hmm. it's just a, a level of awareness I think that pe- that people need to have around that, and just being, I guess, or keeping that kind of authenticity piece going, but. Um, also just an awareness for other people's mental health and well-being and oh. just essentially just to be kind at the end of the day um, yeah. which is something that you know often can often go awry in the industry yeah I mean that was a you know during the pandemic and now even afterwards because you know 
there was no doubt that there was going to be a ripple effect. And you and I, I mean, that's how you and I met. We we met talking on panels about these things. And there was just no way that there wasn't going to be a ripple effect of the emotional, the cognitive and the behavioral outcomes of what people went through. That doesn't just go away. <laughs> you know, those do get encoded as memories in our brains and our bodies and our minds. And they can be triggered at any point in time when when something comes up that, you know, that does activate that. And I think we're I almost gave up on the industry. I almost gave up on L&D entirely when I saw that those things were not being taken way more seriously um, when they were most needed and they're still needed. We've got, we've got, you know, a ton of different, you know, anxieties and frustrations, um, depression, you name it. Like there's, there's a global mental health um, and other mental health thing. It's a pandemic in itself that was already in existence, but then it just a tidal wave more hit us right after pandemic, and so we're still dealing with the repercussions of that. I speak to multiple you know was sorry uh, organizations globally, and they are still struggling with this on a day to day basis. And now with you know people are nervous every day, whether or not you're looking at the news or you're looking on LinkedIn, we're hearing of more and more very large companies doing massive layoffs, and if they can do it then what makes somebody else feel secure in the businesses that they're in? So they're living with that, but then they're still trying to do what they have to do. But for a learning and development team to think that that was their responsibility or human resource team to think that it was their responsibility to develop something to help with this was a wonderful, beautiful thought and gesture. But unfortunately, they did not have the knowledge and the background to be able to execute this properly. And in some cases, it did more harm than good. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned um, just briefly around your and um, joining forces with your brain series. Um, yeah, tell me. I mean, it's it is fantastic. But can you tell me more about it? And you know, for people who are listening, what what's it all about? Joining forces. Um, I don't know if you even know the the background story. So for years, everyone was like, "You've got to write a book. You've got to write a book." And I'm like, "I don't want to write a book." <laughs> you know, you want me to write a book, um, but I find that. A, a book is great, but it's not the learning tool that I wanted to put out there in in the world. And so um, it was eventually I just I gave in to this thought of, well, we do all these workshops. I do all these keynotes. I'm like, all right, we can put, you know, I, I can put it into a designed series. But I think that would sort of set what sort of stopped me from doing it for a long time was that the market just gets flooded with courses and there were so many content creators and I just was very um just you know dissuaded by that and until finally I was like you know what I'm one of the only scientific learning designers on this planet <laughs> I could design the crap out of this and make it so it would be an experience and a learning journey that most people would never have experienced before while teaching them about their brains, educating people about their brains, what's going on in there, how to learn more effectively, more efficiently, more strategically. But at the end of the day, you're just learning more about yourself as a fundamental human. And so the series was created. The pilots were 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 done. Um, and now, as you know, but uh, we we just wrapped filming on on the second release that will happen in about a month. And it's my symphony. It is taken months and years to to create this because it's incredibly challenging it doesn't look like it. i mean you saw you've you've seen the videos like there's some people who can see you know 
the intentionality that goes into a design like this. If you are an instructional designer, you might be able to like you will be able to see. I hope the intentionality and the science. But otherwise, it looks like oh, this is fun and this is great and the information is wonderful and we're having a good time. But no, it was um, exceptional amounts of work that went into this. And and I think that is where the, the the real skill comes in in the simplicity of the messages that you're conveying, that they are so relatable and so easy to follow and easy to understand but mm-hmm. i know that there's a huge amount of complexity that goes into okay. narrowing down the science and the knowledge and the all the good content that's in your brain and elsewhere into something so succinct and yeah simple is probably the wrong word but it's just so straightforward that people can digest so easily um and it's yeah like you say it's hard it's it, it would it may be, wouldn't be that obvious to someone who doesn't come from a learning design background to understand the work that's gone into getting it to that point. It's, you know, and I think what was really critical beyond, you know, beyond the fact of, I mean, as a scientific learning designer, this is my jam, you know, but, you know, designing like this is, it's so hard and it's so challenging. And I've had the pleasure of working with learning development teams around the world to try to transfer some of this too so that they can learn these things too and they can design better learning um but the the other part to designing like this as well was to ensure that it wasn't just knowledge it wasn't information and that's why when you go through the series there are interactive experiments i wanted you to feel your brain be like oh my god that just happened or like okay okay i get it now right it's we can talk to to you know for hours and days and and whatnot but it was that how do we activate your brain in the moment so you have that that very intimate, you know, oh my gosh, yes. Okay, yeah, now I can understand and realize that is a working piece of like crazy complex, the most complex thing on the planet right now is our own brains. So how can we create moments for you to interact and experience that? But at the same time, as the journey continues, we want, um, and when I say we, I'm talking about myself and the board of advisors. I wanted to ensure that as you're going through the journey, you're gaining skill. You're practicing actively within the series. And I've designed in ways for you to then take that into your daily lives in very practical ways. If you're out talking to somebody, if you're at the grocery store, if you're at a party. But it's one thing that I find that a lot of, of these courses are missing is that you don't have, you've got practical application, but at the end of the day, learning and memory is about changing a brain. And that's not as easy as it sounds. So if we want to increase somebody's ability to attend to something so that they can focus better, if we want them to understand the metacognitive process and, and to regulate what they're thinking and how they're thinking and, and how to you know manipulate that, well, then we can't just give them the information. We have to strengthen the neural networks. We have to create the neural networks in order for that to happen in somebody. So it was um, that in itself is incredibly challenging. And then as you see, I just, I get up to so much shenanigans and I'm just like, keep the cameras rolling. I'm about to go scare the living daylights out of someone. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's novelty and the brain loves that too. <laughs> so. Yeah, I definitely love the 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 element of your personality that comes through it <laughs> because it's neat. Like you say, it's needed. It, it has that kind of 
it, you you attach a memory to it, don't you? Yeah. When you know when you, you're popping up, scaring people in the videos, people probably don't understand what we're speaking about. Go and watch the videos. Go like, watch the videos. <laughs> my my poor my poor sister. She she was uh, she was like the, the I think the the victim that I got the most only because she's an easy target. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, no, there's it, it's novelty, but it's also um, and I think you'll see when you, when the second release comes out is that I just took it down a, a notch even further is we went even more a little bit more casual and just just really had a good time with it i brought you into my um into a home environment and we got kicked out of the office that we were filming at the first time so we had no choice but it's spectacular i can't you know we're still in post-production right now but i'm dying to see how this how this all turns out myself like i want to see i want to participate in my own in my own designs I can't. I can't wait to see it. What's the next step then with with those? So you're sharing the videos with your community with people um, who um, request access to them. What's the, what is the next step for that program? What what's the end goal? So the 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 pilot. Uh, so we've got five chapters that have been released to the general public, and those are those are for free. Those were on me. No worries. Um, and then the next release. Um, this was also a really. This is was very important to me. As you can imagine, because, you know, and those who have seen it, like the production value was very high. We spent, uh, I spent a, a crazy amount of money on this. Um, but going in and, you know, I had a lot of feedback from people saying that they loved the quality of the production. So I had to keep that production level as high as it was the first time. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, well, there's got to be some money that that we we get from this. But it's so important to me to make sure that this learning is financially accessible. Because I'm seeing too many learning and development, and not just learning and development people, but like, you know, for the context of our conversation, I see them in the communities in these in these massive learning and development communities who are spending their money there to learn. And because they don't either have enough internal budget. Um, so I said, well, we need to price this in a way that as many people can afford it. Um, and when we do release, I guess I can sne- I can just tell you, um, we're releasing it at fifty dollars US, and yeah, um, and we're going to do that every time there's a release. It will it will be at that cost, and it was because when we think about who's coming in to the to the course, we've got people all over the world, um, and let's face it, I go to the grocery store sometimes. I'm like, oh man, like that bill is going to be really expensive. I have to be very choosy about how I spend my money. But if people want to learn, um, I really did want to make it. As accessible as possible if they didn't have budgets from their works and if they're really struggling financially this was the best way that that we could price it in the way that we did so that we we covered production costs and then whatever's left over gets contributed back to to science we're you know making sure that the scientists get uh, contributions as well yeah and that is huge value for money as well 50 us dollars is oh god i know i like even as i say it every time i'm just like am i crazy <laughs> like right but I, but i think you're right you know y- y- the idea is that you're trying to provide access to this information to as many people as possible and there are some people so i'm sitting here saying that's huge value for money but for someone else that could be a, re- a huge yeah. expense and you know a yeah. real decision about whether they actually spend that money or not so i think to balance it to create that kind of equitable experience it seems like a sensible approach to take yeah and i was having this conversation with um uh, lavinia mahadintu i don't know whether you know her she's a yeah yeah um, <laughs> and i was talking about the op- the options that you have available to you within the community to subscribe to and 
and access to and it's i'm at that point where i'm deciding what i can do with my own money and, and where i invest that time and resource and um it's it's really difficult to know you know what's what's for the best but that that kind of pricing will help people make that decision as well without knowing the value that they're going to get out of it at the end of the day as well from having access to your first series of videos too yeah and like i said it's you know there's i think someone asked me the other day um she was like hey how's it going is everything great i said you know what I am poor and I am so happy. <laughs> like because sometimes the cause is bigger than you. The cause is, and it, I've known this since the moment that I started the business, and the moment that I started to engage with these brilliant scientists all around the world. Like I am in just such admiration. Um, in the next release of, of chapters, you'll see that I I pay homage and I make mention to the phenomenal Dr. Brenda Milner, who is 104 years old, and she is articulate and sharp and brilliant, and she is the one of the the founders of cognitive um, neuropsychology. And I was like, this is why I'm doing this. This woman has dedicated, and, and by the way, like if I am able to sound as as articulate and with it as she does, if I if I make it to to her age and like this is why we need to know this stuff <laughs> like it's amazing what what i'm hearing here is if you invest time in understanding your brain and how you learn you'll live to 104 so well, i don't know about that Brina. <laughs> i don't know i mean when i released i did a, a linkedin post um you know just a quick little teaser and i i had it, there was a pint of guinness because <laughs> i was at the pub in, in ireland and there was a pint of guinness and i was like can we drink beer while we're doing this i'm like yeah but just one <laughs> so you know choose choose your vices and <laughs> yeah. um, so what what's what do you see as your the biggest opportunity for the for the coming months that are left in the year i keep saying 2023 but we're already in the fourth month of the year already i don't know how that's happened but what's what does the year ahead have have in store for you oh well we're going to release the next chapters um and you know i'd very much like to see other clos and other heads of learning other leaders of learning i'd like to see them come to come to the table and I've had the privilege of being able to address, you know, massive groups of CLOs at one time to say, we need to start taking this much more seriously. And I'm not just talking about, you know, you know, yes, science and the brain's incredibly important, but you know, what was it that that quote by Einstein, like insan what's the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. And mm -hmm. I think that's where we're at. So um it's gonna be a lot more outreach too you know, the CLOs um, to the employees, because I think that it has to be, it has to be a shared responsibility that we, I can go in and I can work with the L&D teams and then I can teach them all of these things about the brain and how to design more effectively and, um, you know, to really increase the efficacy of their designs. But at the other side of things, what I also love doing is I do these massive global learning weeks with um, employees because they need to know this stuff too. Like, so we can, I can teach the, the L and D teams and like, let's, let's upskill you in your abilities to design really, really great, impactful learning, which will be helpful for the brain that's doing it. But on the other side of it, from the, from the employee base, let's teach them more strategy about their brains, but also how to learn better. We, we all know how to learn, but we need to learn to learn better. And when you put those two sides of the table together, I can't imagine an organization that wouldn't benefit from that significantly as far as the amount of time that they're saving, the amount of stress that their employees and you know everyone's going through, it's um, because then we're we're giving people the power 
to to learn more effectively and more efficiently and to recognize when something's not working, when something is working and to be like, okay, I know what to do about that and whether that's going to find another resource and knowing what that resource is or going to find your mentor, getting some feedback. The skill and the power of learning everything that I teach is that you're able to do that much faster because you catch your cognitive processes much faster. Amazing. Thanks so much, Lauren. I've really appreciated your time and your sharing on this episode. So happy to, Helen. This podcast is powered by Thrive. We're a complete learning and skills platform creating modern learning solutions for modern businesses globally. Check us out.